Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. We all have things we run to when the going gets rough, but when things get extra rough, those vices don't always cut it. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that as this world falls ever more into chaos and destruction, God will always be your comfort. As we get nearer to the end, refrain and repent and don't forget to look up. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on February 19, 2023. It's in the marriage relationship which starts off that way. It's all so romantic, right? My wife and I, 35 years this year, when we first got married. Man, I opened the door for her. Such a romantic. Aw. Now, 35 years later, like Ephesus, hurry up, get in, we're late, what's the matter with you? Okay, That's the last time I'm using myself as an example and taking one for the team. I'm going to leave that one right there. But it was a, it was a get-to. Your time with the Lord was was because you wanted to. At first, well, this goes into and dovetails into the second R, repent. Which simply means to change one's mind and change one's direction in turning back, doing a 180. Stay with me on this. If we would but remember what it was like back there and back then, will want to turn back and return back for what we first had. Then, once we've remembered, repented, and returned back to our first love, we'll want to repeat what worked at first. The first works. That's what that means. What worked at first? The first works your first love. But this is the problem, isn't it? (laughs) You know, I just don't have those feelings anymore. Hmm. I don't feel as I did at first. Well, do the first works and the feelings will return. Let me try that again. I'll say the same thing in a different way. Return to what worked at first, and it will be the first love and the first works. The feelings will follow. Let me try that one more time. <laughs> Think this through with me. Yeah, I don't, I don't have that same gushy feeling that I had. You know, it's, it's over time, you know, you just kind of mature. And I, by the way, I, I, I don't agree with 
this notion that if you find yourself years later not loving the Lord as you first did, you know, love matures. I love my wife more today than I did when I actually opened the door for her. <laughs> but, but it's a mature love. It's not an infatuation, immature love. No, it's a mature love now. I've grown in grace and matured in Christ, and it's a mature love. And you, you grow in that love. But when you go back and you start doing what worked at first, oh, the feelings follow. True story, you've maybe heard this before. Uh, wife goes into the attorney's office, says, I'm going to divorce this jerk. Attorney's a Christian, says, well, okay, fine, but I want you to do something. It'll really get him. I want you to cook his favorite dinner every night. You know, bring him the paper. That's back when people read the paper, which we don't read anymore. And do all of these things that you, you know, just, and then divorce him. She's like, yeah, that'll get him. So she does it. She's working really hard and making his favorite meal. And you got to know, he thinks, wow, what's up with this? You were just wanting to divorce the other day. You were going to leave me. Well, this goes on. And the agreement was 90 days, three months. The attorney knew she would not call back. You know why? Because <laughs> she was so in love with him after she did that, she no longer wanted to divorce him. What's your point, Pastor? The feelings follow. The feelings follow. When you do what you did at first, the feelings will follow if you do it first. And that's not a play on words. That's God's word in James concerning the Lord drawing near to us when we first draw near to Him. In other words, I first draw near to Him, then He will draw near to me. Then in His presence is the fullness of the feelings <laughs> of joy. This is Psalm 1611. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. A couple more things real quick. Notice verse 5. Jesus warns them that if they don't repent, he says it twice, he will quickly come and remove their lampstand. What does the lampstand represent? The presence of the Lord. If you don't repent, return, repeat, remember, I'm going to come quickly and I'm going to take my presence out of the church. And by extension, the midst of your life as a Christian. And when this happens, think about it. There's no life no light, and the ensuing deadness and darkness sets in, marking this as the end. The end of all things. First Peter chapter 4, verse 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. As I was preparing for and praying about today's prophecy update, I was struck by the irony 
of how all of this can work both ways. And here's what I mean by that. Everything on this gnarly list can either take someone away from Jesus or propel them to or back to Jesus. Let me just share personally for me. Some 40 years ago now, I came to the realization that Satan was real. And it was really through the vehicle, the medium, that's another one, of music, of the satanic music. And I was listening to bands that, and this is not a gimmick, that had literally sold their souls for rock and roll. And these were agents of Satan. These were demon-possessed musicians that were basically taking people to hell, like ACDC, on the highway to hell. Led Zeppelin, stairway to heaven, it's actually a staircase to hell. These are Satanists. And I was, please don't look at me weird, I was demon-possessed in and through this music. And then I heard the gospel one night, and it was presented very clearly, as it always should be, and I realized, wait a minute, Satan is real. Now wait a minute, if, if Satan is real, that means Jesus is real. And if Satan wants to take me on the highway to hell, that must mean that Jesus wants to take me on the highway to heaven. And I put two and two together. And that night, man, I prayed myself to sleep, crying out to God. Just childlike, simple prayer. And it was, I was, I'm not proud of this, I was very intoxicated and high. And I mean, I slurred my prayers. I And I fell asleep praying, asking God to take me off the highway to hell and put me on the highway to heaven. Woke up the next morning. I'm a new creation in Christ. I was born again. I mean, I could not start my day off without the drugs, the alcohol, the tobacco, and all the other addictions. <laughs> I went to reach for them. The Holy Spirit's in me going, hey, <laughs> good news. You don't need that anymore. I'm like, what? I've tried to quit so many times. No, you don't need it anymore. And the desire was gone and replaced with a desire for the Word of God, the things of God. Now I had a problem. I had a lot of brain damage, <laughs> but I didn't have a Bible. So I went out and found a Bible. King James Version, nothing wrong, don't email me. But I'm like, thee, thou, thy, no. So I said, there's got to be a Bible for people like me that have a very limited vocabulary. So I got my hands on what was known at the time as the Good News Bible. Okay, now that's more. And that was even a stretch for me at the time. I'm like, okay, this, this, this is easier. And I read, I couldn't put it down. Six months, first time I read through the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And I've never looked back. Why do I share that? Because maybe this is God allowing Satan to once again overplay his hand, which plays right into God's hand. 
The Satanism is in your face. It is just in your face. Every day, all day. And maybe people will say, wait a minute. Did you see the Grammys? Did you see the Super Bowl, the halftime, the ads, the this, the that? Satan's everywhere. He must be real. And if he's real, Jesus is realer. I know that's not a word. Would you agree that this is in fact what's happening in the world today? People are coming to Christ that would not have otherwise come to Christ had it not been for all of this. I mean, we get literally hundreds of emails every day from people all over the world sharing with us just, I mean, such powerful testimonies, such heartbreaking prayer requests. But the common denominator in all of them is, man, it's getting real. It's getting real. And this is the thing that is bringing people to Jesus. And it's bringing Christians, thank you, Jesus. It's bringing Christians back to their first love. I can't even begin to tell you how many people have shared with us how this brought them back to Christ, their first love. They had been so caught up, no pun intended, in the world. And now they're just back to Jesus. And if for no other reason, it's like, help, (laughs) protect me, help me. It's been said that when You'll never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And I think that's what's happening today. I want to end with the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ and the ABCs of salvation, which is just an explanation of the gospel, the good news of salvation. It's just a a simple childlike explanation to equip you. ABC simple. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you've sinned. I mean, it it really needs to start there, because if you're not a sinner, why would you have any interest in the Savior? Romans 3.10 says there is no one good, no one righteous, not even one, save one, Jesus the Christ. Romans 3.23 says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short of God's perfect standard of righteousness. We've sinned, missed the mark in archery term. Romans 6.23 is like the sentencing phase, if you will. For the wages of sin is death, but, here's the good news, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here's the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, the first four verses, the first letter of the Apostle Paul to the Thessalonians. Jesus came, he died, he was buried, he rose again on the third day, and he's coming back again one day. Good news. For me? Yeah. He died for me? Yeah. Wow, he must love me? Yeah. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And that is central. The B is for believe. 
Just believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that, and this is key, God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Listen, to any Catholic or someone from a Catholic background, I ask you as honestly and humbly and as lovingly as I possibly can, why is Jesus still on the cross? He's not on the cross. He's risen from the dead. Don't put him back there. It was once and for all. And I believe in my heart that he's not on that cross anymore that He has been raised from the dead, and I am saved because He was raised from the dead. If there's no resurrection, there's no salvation. He had to defeat. I'm not angry. (laughs) I know I sound angry. It's a custom in my country. I grew up, my parents, they were saying lovingly things to each other, but in Arabic it sounded like they were yelling at each other. Anyway, that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. The C is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, I love Romans 10, 13. It seals the deal. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. The jury's not out. The verdict is in. It is finished. Not guilty. He took your guilt. And He paid in full and purchased you on that cross with His blood. He paid the purchase price for the gift that He offers you of eternal life. That's the good news. That's the gospel. If you're here today, and I want to make no assumptions, or watching online, and you've never called upon the name of the Lord, can I just again ask you humbly and lovingly and kindly as I possibly can, what in the world? Are you kidding me? What are you waiting for? Do you see what's happening? Just this last week. How much has happened in the last week? You know how much I didn't include today? I would have had you out of here by about four today if I'd included everything today. That's next week. (laughs) Maybe. How much is happening? And how fast is it happening? And Jesus said it would happen, and it would happen fast. And it's happening fast. And the next thing that's going to happen, that trumpet's going to sound. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And we who are alive and remain are going to be caught up, raptured up, to meet the Lord in the air. Do you realize that can happen at any time? Any time. Pastor, you say that every week. And I'm going to say it every week too. Except for one week. I won't say it anymore. And you'll know why. Today's But God Testimony comes from Tom who writes, a but God testimony from a former science lecturer. Thankfully, first of all, 
I came to faith on 11-28-1982, 6,080 days after I was born, 2 times 2 times 2 times 2 times 2 times 2 times 5 times 19 days. Yes, I'm a maths nerd. <laughs> when the pseudo-pandemic started, I was well paid with lots of kudos. However, I knew it was wrong. After hearing the following the science mantra from our politicians, realizing that the mathematical model written by Professor Neil Ferguson was a lie, and the PCR test was false, I had actually taught mathematical modeling with calibration physics, so I was able to provide some limited expertise, also becoming a signatory to the Great Barrington Declaration and Doctors for COVID Ethics. My position almost became untenable, so I jumped before I was pushed, taking early retirement. I was determined to stand firm in faith. I never wore a mask, never took a test, never took a jab, and didn't even use hand sanitizer. <laughs> no, for real, by the way, yeah. Uh, uh, there is uh, research, vetted research, that this hand sanitizer has chemicals that messes with your thyroid. I don't use hand sanitizer. Now, if you want to use hand sanitizer, that's fine. Just stay away from me, please. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, I say that in love, in Jesus' name. So he goes on. However, I lost many family members, friends, and former work colleagues. I wasn't prepared to compromise with our previous church, who, get this, had actually rolled out the jabs on their premises. We've talked about this before. They turned the Church of Jesus Christ into a vaccination center. Your sermon of 2.12.23 really helped me to be reassured about taking a stand. To me, if Paul could suffer so much to bring us the gospel, the least I could do would be to go against the agenda. My early retirement released a lot of time over the past two years to really study the Bible and to put my research skills to good use. I love it when God does that. I have new friends now and attend a friendlier church. Keep up the good work, sir. It's so refreshing to hear faithful biblical teaching and discernment. And to that I say, praise the Lord. I want you to stand up. All the glory goes to God. God, who is like unto you, O Lord? There is none like you. You alone are worthy of all of our praise. All of the glory do your holy name. Lord, we give you all the glory. We thank you. We praise you. Lord, we cannot thank you enough. Lord, it's, it's getting so real. So much is happening so fast. And we want to take refuge in you. We want to hide safely under the shadow of your wing, safely in the palm of your hand. Lord, save us. Rescue us from this. And thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. You've been listening to the latest prophecy update that Pastor J.D. has been sharing 
And as always, it's fascinating to hear and learn about how the things going on in the world relate to things predicted in the Bible. If you're ever interested in finding out more about this ministry, head over to jdfarag.org. That's jdfarag.org to learn more. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to come check out our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. There's a Calvary link at the bottom of our webpage, so look for it at jdfarag.org. That link will give you more info on service times, directions, and more. Also, on our website, you'll notice a tab at the top that says ABCs. This is a helpful tool if you're in need of understanding a more in-depth view of what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus. If you or any friends or family need some clarification, this should help clear some things up for you. Again, that website is jdfarag.org. Next time, you'll get to hear some more interesting things about current affairs and how they relate to what the Bible says to be true. The prophecies in the Bible were not just mentioned casually. Every prophecy written in the Bible will come to pass. So there's much to understand about what's to come. We look forward to that time with you and hope you'll join us then. Until then, may you be looking for wisdom from God in spirit and truth. <laughs>